Welcome to the Worship Leader Problems Podcast with your host, Jeremy, and codename Joel. Look, worship ministry can be one of the most rewarding areas of church ministry. But it can also feel like... I'm a worship leader. And I'm a production guy. And these are our problems. Welcome to Episode 7 of the Worship Leader Probs Podcast. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. This is awesome. Seven. Seven episodes. Dude, very soon we will be in double digits, which is crazy. So there's, there's like stats out there. If you can make it, they usually say if you can make it something like, if you can make it to like 10 episodes... Your shelf life, like you'll usually do it for like six or eight months. If you can get to 15, that's the normal length of time that people will continue the podcast going. And if wow. you can get into the 20s, they say that that if you get that far, you're usually going to last two to three years. Whoa, let's go. I know, right? Let's do this. Do you think there's enough happening in worship ministry and production ministry to warrant three years of podcast? Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Yes, <laughs> I do. I think there's so much. There's so much material. And we're you and I are still learning. So we can, oh, yeah. we can uh, continue to stretch and grow. And uh, we're recording this on uh, November 26th, right? So it'll air yeah tomorrow and today i today i posted a meme about women's ministry and so we're <laughs> we're taking it on the chin pretty hard uh in the comments and uh if you think the comments are uh interesting you should you should see the dms man oh gosh oh it's fantastic oh, we love you ladies we love you we do and we thank you for pouring into each other and Absolutely. doing your yeah. bible studies and yeah. It's awesome. We love but it. I will say, I'm going to say, as a tech guy, the amount of phone calls I get during women's ministry season, I mean, it does jump a little bit. Jumps a little bit. Just spike. Just a little bit of spike. A little bit of but spike. Here's, Look, here's hey, the, the, the men's ministry doesn't know what they're doing either. No. And their memes and, are coming. Well, let's be honest. Like, they're too lazy to meet anyway, so. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, like it's the ladies that are actually doing the hard work. And here's the deal. Digging in. You man. guys, you got so much other stuff you're worried about. You get a pass on whether it is that little arrow the play button. Exactly. So no worries, man. No worries. Yeah, it's we, just an observation. We got your back. It's just an observation. A funny observation, by the way, I think. It is a funny observation. Can I say something unpopular real quick? Oh gosh. Because of the season that we're in, I don't yes. like pumpkin spice. Dude, I don't like it either. My my Mrs. Worship Leader Probs loves everything pumpkin. Really? In my pantry right now is pumpkin salsa. What? Right? We had a Hispanic person to our house for dinner. And wow. my wife served her pumpkin salsa. And she, I thought she was going to hurl. It was it, it is not my favorite, but my wife loves it, so... I just can't. I like this morning. I, I, I we had to do my wife and I. Uh, I've kind of mentioned a little bit, but we're in the process of adopting a child, and so we're awaiting family. And our home study is up. Yeah, every year there's certain things you have to redo, and so today was blood work, and we have to get drug tested. It's craziness. Um, but I stopped and got coffee at Einstein Bagels, and they gave it to me just black. And normally I could do black coffee, but I just noticed out there in the fridge at the church there was some uh, creamer, pumpkin spice, and it's just not good. Yeah, I can't, I can't do it, man. Yeah, I, I cannot do it. It, it, um, it does not make me happy. 
<laughs> so how's Christmas <laughs> preparation going? It's coming. It's coming. Um, yeah, our, our kind of, I think I told you last week, we do a big weekend, like a Christmas concert in our services. And uh, that weekend is planned and coming up awesome. here soon. And now we're focusing in on uh, the rest of the weekend services and Christmas Eve and and all of that, it, it's, it feels a little, what is the old saying? Like, how do you eat an elephant just a bite at a time? Um, oh, yeah. that's, that's what it always feels like to me, either that or climbing, climbing Everest when I start to look at Christmas. And for some reason, <laughs> it's just, it, it, Easter is, it just seems so much easier to me than Christmas does. And I, maybe that's just a, a problem in my heart, but you know, it, Christmas is a challenge, man. Yeah. We just, we, we switched out set design this last week. And so it took about three days to pull everything out, put all the new in. And, uh, I, I posted a couple pictures. Looks um, awesome, man. Looks I'm awesome. I'm pretty proud of it this year. They're the little cardboard things you find under your pizza. And my did, wife did had you this buy idea. Those of like, yeah, we bought them on Amazon. We literally cleared out some dude's full stock of <laughs> pizza rounds. Nice. And she just like, did you paint them or is that just lighting? No, they're white on one side. And they're brown on the other. So we just uplit them with some LED lights and we turned some. So some are white, some are brown. Kind of gives it some texture. And for just a couple hundred bucks, stage design. Wow. That's really awesome. It looks sharp. Very sharp. Yeah. Like, and okay. uh, My production guys, forgive me for what I'm about to say. All of my lighting, because... My church is in a bit of a season of transition. Um, we've been without a senior pastor for six months. And through that process, we've seen our attendance drop and finances and things like that. All of my lighting I bought from Monoprice. Mm. So we didn't blow, out the, blow it out. Um, everything that you see up there is all Monoprice stuff. And it works really well. Um, and so I just want to encourage some of the churches out there. You see the pictures on like church stage design ideas.com and you're like, Oh, I can't do that. Yeah, you can, incredible. and you can do it fairly inexpensively. Um, dude, you know, what most of the time we do for stage design, we walk around Lowe's and we go, I wonder what that would look like lit up. Nice. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's just ways that you can last year, we did this thing with ropes. And so we got on eBay and we bought bulk rope, like hundreds of yards of rope. And we cut it ourselves and we did, and it was like a couple hundred bucks. And the way we, we do it, um, whatever we do for Christmas, we make it so that when you pull the trees and the lights out, it still looks good for a while. Um, and so we try to dual purpose everything. For sure. The church I'm at, production value is important with an excellent product, but it's not like, we're not trying to wow people. Like that's just not the type of church we are. And so, man, it it's accessible. You guys can do it. Um, man, if you ever just want ideas, you can always hit us up, um, on, on the DMS and we'd love to help take a look at your spaces and, you know, see if we can throw out some ideas for you. So, so here's a good lesson from what you just said about stage design. And I think it can apply to songs. It can apply to all kinds of stuff. So sometimes I think we put undue pressure on ourselves to completely reinvent the wheel. And mm-hmm. so I think important to, for us to remember, for those of us who are in the trenches doing this every every day or every weekend or whatever, is that we're living in it every day. Yes. And so things that are in front of us every day are not in front of the congregation every day. That's right. So I think the current stats are that people come to church maybe twice a month. 
one point seven is the last I one point one point seven. So that not great. We got some work to do there. Okay, <laughs> we right? Do. We got some work Come to on, do. Christians, <laughs> but in terms of like stage design, um, it's in front of you every single day. So you get frustrated yes. with the lighting isn't right over here, or I need more creativity there, or I wish I did more with this or that or element or whatever. But the thing is, to your congregation. It is an element of the worship service. It's an important element, but it's just one of many elements that they're going to experience that day. Uh, yeah. So just remember, uh, don't don't put this unbelievable pressure on yourself to totally reinvent the wheel. I had a guy say to me once, um, if you hear a song in your car that you like, what do you do as soon as the song is over? I play it again. You play it again. You You play it again. And yet yeah. in our, in our services, we put this pressure on ourselves that every weekend, the whole set list has to be new. Uh, yeah. we can't repeat anything. We can't, um, I, I don't, I just don't as, ascribe to that. I don't either. I really don't like for me, like everything that I do, when I interviewed for the job, they said, so tell us where does production lie? And I said, look, I want to give a good product. I want the audio to be as, as good as we can possibly have it. I don't want to make mistakes with lighting that causes a distraction, but here's the deal. All of it should be the sesame seeds on the bun. It should oh, yeah. never make or break what you're doing. Right. It's not the burger. Like, yeah. I, I have a, a guy that I used to serve with. Like he would tell a story about like media and production was a big part of a church that he served at. And they knew one weekend that their, um, uh, the power was going to be shut down. And so they weren't going to be able to do what they normally do with, um, with production. And they were going to shut down the services because oh, they couldn't have their lights and sound. And, <laughs> and that's just not what it's all about. Look, it's cool. And I, look, I love it. I mean, that's, it's what I do for a living, but it can never become the main thing. People should still be able to set up some chairs out by a little lake, have an acoustic guitar and have a profound experience with God. Absolutely, man. The heart of worship. Yeah. The and heart of the, worship. The story behind that song, you know, take it all away. Yeah. Amen. And our worship is still just as real. So, man, that's kind of a sidebar. That is a sidebar. We'll throw that in for free. (laughs) Yeah. And that's not even in the DMs. Let's go. Uh, Your your, your hosts are feeling feisty today. (laughs) Yeah. A little salty. (laughs) Well, I don't want to throw insult to injury to my up north friends, but. I've said I'm from Florida. And yesterday we got our Christmas tree. Uh, we picked out a live tree and I was sweating picking it out. It was like 83 degrees outside. You dirty dog. I know, right? You dirty dog. So with that being said, why don't we honor some MVPs? All right, Mr. Probs, who do we have this week for our MVPs? Man, got a couple, couple of really good ones. Okay, so our MVP volunteer is Kelly Pylon, and I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, Kelly Pylon. Okay. Real quick, I want to stop you because you say it every single time you've announced an MVP. You, are, I hope I'm saying that right. So I maybe do. what we need to add is when we tell people we need a picture, a description of what they do, maybe even add a phonetic spelling of names. <laughs> right, right. I just for, don't want to offend anybody, man. I spend enough of my life offending people and with the songs that I do and the lighting and the sound and all that and stuff. The I, and the memes. <laughs> and the memes. And the memes as of this morning. Um, so Kelly Pylon, it's right. It's got to be right. 
P-I-L-O-N. That's right. Right? She's nominated by her husband, Derek. Uh, Kelly has been uh, faithfully volunteering at Freedom Life Church for over six years. Uh, she does so many things. She plays keys, guitars. She um, music directs. She sings, uh, worship leads, and just, you know, loves people, loves the Lord. Um, she edits videos and and graphics and all that stuff. And, uh, she even is like an unpaid, uh, uh, staff member kind of helping the, the worship yeah. pastor develop systems and structures and teachings. And, uh, she's a mother of three selfless volunteer. So Kelly is our dude. volunteer MVP. Golly, dude, I, I'm tired seeing everything that she's doing and then throw three kids on top of that. Throw three kids on top of it. And being a so, wife and man, thank you, Kelly. Well done, Kelly Pylon. Well done. Well done. Pillin, Pylon, Pylon. I don't know. I hope you got it right. I can't wait to see what Jen throws together for this one. Oh, Jen. <laughs> he says with derision. <laughs> oh, man. If, and if you haven't seen our uh, Christmas shoes thing, uh, <laughs> get it before uh, Instagram takes it down. Or I think you can see it on our facebook page but yeah. jen made these memes of us reenacting the christmas shoes scene which is awesome so yeah i wonder why why she decided i was the little kid i guess i am a lot younger than you oh my word that is so wrong but i, I mean you know it is so wrong so it wrong is. okay so our mvp staff member david whaley and uh, David is in another country, and it's a it's a country we we're not going to mention. Okay, so it's it's okay. uh, because of maybe some safety issues for David, right? So here's what I'm going to do: better safe than sorry. Better safe than sorry. So I am going to read an email that we got from David, and David is not was not nominated by anybody, nope. but based on what he wrote to us, we nominated him. MVP for MVP days. David, right? Okay, so uh, here's here's what, and I'm going to be kind of editing uh, as I go. So, dude, just read it. Just read it. We're okay. You can bleep. Yeah, you can bleep. We got time. You can bleep it, right? Yeah. If I do something bad, I don't want to put him in danger. That's my. Yeah, I think you're good. Okay, so let me let me introduce our setup over here. I'm one of the worship leaders at Cornerstone Church in Abu Dhabi. We are a congregation of 700 from 49 different nations. Unbelievable. So um, We hold services on Friday, a weekend day here. Keeping a venue can be difficult. We've moved the church 14 times in the last 13 years. Oh, my gosh. Despite this, the church grows and grows. A short time ago, we were evicted out of our cinema venue with two days' notice, with a congregation numbering around 300. Our eldership scrambled and secured a venue that could seat 1,000. Over the next six months, the congregation doubled in size to 600. Every time the devil shuts us down, God morphs the church into something that can bring even more people into the, his kingdom. Uh, for so many of us uh, out here, our church becomes our family. We're so much more dependent on each other uh, than most of us were in our home countries. And I'm not alone when I say my family and I rely on God so much more here as well. Our worship wow. team is made up of 40 people, all volunteers, serving across three meetings in two sites. 
Our access to media is controlled, and much of what is available available is censored. My worship team and I really enjoy getting a new episode of your podcast from, quote, the outside, unquote, each week. Thank you for the hilarious and relatable content and the wisdom and insights. Uh, we all do... We all do this to ascribe worth to our Father, and we're stoked to get an insight from your point of view. I'll sign off with a couple of photos, and he includes uh, uh, some photos of their team in action. Man. So dang cool, How man. about a big episode of Perspective, man? Thank you, David. God Shoot. bless you for what you're doing. Uh, man, thank you for your king. We salute you. Yeah, and I emailed you back, David. This is Jeremy. You guys need anything? Will you just email us and whether it's supplies, equipment, I don't know how we'll get it, but we know a lot of people. Absolutely. And man, if there's any way we can support you guys, please let us know. We got you, David. And Worship Leader Probs Nation, let's be praying for these guys. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. What an amazing, what an amazing email. And if you awesome. if you know of somebody you want to nominate for an MVP a staff member or a volunteer, please email us at info at worshipleaderprobs.com and give us uh, their name, give us yep. a picture, give us the name of the church that they serve at, yep. whether they're a staff member or a volunteer, uh, if a, a, some sort of pronunciation guide for their name would be helpful for, for me. And uh, tell us why you're nominating them. What do they do at the church? What what kind of impact have they made in your life? Uh, and send those to us. And uh, man, you uh, your MVPs uh, will go on the air. Yes. Thank you so much for doing that, guys. Absolutely, um, man. That's so And cool. we're trying to work on some stuff to maybe make it worth your while if you nominate your volunteers and we're your staff members. We're working on that. We're working, working on, that. on it. And it may, all may fall through, and it just may be a high five. But, hey, hey that's ministry, right? That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, awesome. Well, hey, let's jump into another segment here on the Worship Leader Probs podcast. Um, we like to call it Prayer Concerns. So, if this is your first time listening to our podcast, um, this section of, of, of the podcast we call Prayer Concerns is really about this. All of our churches, we've all got some sort of a connection card that we put in either our seat backs or in your bulletins or however you get that out to the people. And so all of us being responsible Christians, we have a place for people to put their prayer concerns down. But unfortunately, people like to put down all their complaints. And so this, this, these moments that we have here in our prayer concern time, and we're just sharing some of these moments that we've gotten um, of concerns that are actually veiled complaints. And so, Mr. Probs, what you got this week? Okay, I got we got this in the DM. Okay. In, in the Instagram account. And this, this is the note. This is the note that this worship leader received. Okay. I noticed you tuning your guitar as we were starting the service. You should really do that earlier because you're a leader and people need to see a leader that comes prepared. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that oh. is amazing. Oh, wow, man. You guys, you seriously, this is just you cannot you cannot make this up. You cannot fabricate it. This is real life stuff. Yeah. Wow. I I actually we'll, we'll share a little bit of this more in the sliding into DMs, but I actually somebody like 
in person slid into my DMs this weekend in service. So, oh man, yeah, oh, man. I I got accused of trying to take down the church with a kick drum. <laughs> so, but we're we're gonna talk about that more and sliding into the DMs, but. I will say this is a gentleman who years ago looked at our last technical director, shook his cane at her and said, what do you think this is? A dance club? Oh, my Lord. No, no, no. no. Yeah. Come on. No. I, I once had a guy whack me in the foot with his cane. Are you serious? Yeah. 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 Dude. I years ago, we, when when I first came on staff at the church, our worship pastor had just come two months before me. And so we did a major overhaul in worship philosophy and, and the type of music we were doing. And I literally watched somebody uh, in a meeting look over at the worship pastor and go, you're not even called to be here. <sighs> yeah, dude. It's insane what people just. But the best part was, so uh, this gentleman came and did this at the booth. And then the message was on anger and being able to share the gospel in a respectful <laughs> manner. <laughs> so. <laughs> Take that, devil! <laughs> yeah, my favorite one. Our past, our pastor did a, uh, a a message once on having a critical spirit, man. And literally, as soon as the amen, the last amen was said, you know, some older woman made a beeline to the stage to let me know how some, you know something that wasn't to oh, her liking. And I was just like, "Are you, did you did you not listen to a single word he said? <laughs> Do you want to uh, say the words that are coming out of my mouth? Exactly. Come on, fam." <laughs> Come on, fam. So, hey, guys, send us your prayer concerns. We will never use your name. We'll never use your church's name. Um, We'll just share them as a friend of ours sent in a a prayer concern for us. And so, yeah, hit us up in those DMs, info at worshipleaderprobs.com. Absolutely. We need them. Send them. We do. We do. All right. You ready? You want to do this? I'm so ready. I'm so ready. Dude, let's do this. Let's let's slide into them DMs. Oh, one of these days I'm gonna record our video chat so you can see Mr. Probs <laughs> dancing. It's fantastic, especially because there's no music going whatsoever. So, all right. So we were chatting about what to talk about in the DMs, and so this isn't technically sliding into the DMs. Uh, this didn't come from you guys, but I do feel like it is something that. We need to talk about, because there's a little bit, I think, of an art form of talking with people when they come to you during services to complain. And so I, I had somebody come back to the booth, and um, I will say this. We we worked really hard on sound for about two and a half years and got to the point where, I mean, we there are people that still think it's too loud. And I think I've said we, we peak at 92 decibels A-weighted. Um, and there are still some people that think it's too loud, but for the most part, we really don't get complaints with what we do. So this gentleman comes back to the booth and he looks over the, over the, over the wall and just goes, who's the sound man back here? And I go, oh, well, it's me. Not and gonna, uh, not, he get, not setting you up for, for good. No, no, All the feels no. With that. <laughs> no. And I, and I was just asking him cause he'd been in the hospital with some, some health issues and it's like, Hey brother, how you feeling? Good. Well, who's the sound man? <laughs> And uh, he just said, you got hearing problems? And I said, no, sir. And I knew it was coming. And so I then, he just lit me up over sound levels. He wanted to let me know how many people he knows have left our church because of sound levels. Um, And now this is happening in front of two of my volunteers, our associate youth director, 
And then I found out our our youth pastor was kind of around the corner, kind of monitoring it to make mm-hmm. sure if anything got heated, he would be nearby. That's good. And so I, I think it would be helpful to kind of talk through like what went through my mind as I'm trying to, because really what you're trying to do in these moments is you're trying to love somebody who's not wanting to be loved. They just want to be heard. And so I think it's it's really difficult in ministry. Um, I know you guys have heard this before. I know, Ms. Probs, you've heard this before. Somebody could come in and share their concerns, but you know, philosophically, you're not going to change what you're doing over their concerns, but then they walk away going, they didn't hear me. Right. And so it could have been really easy for me in those moments as I'm talking to this gentleman to get fired up. He's questioning my hearing. He's questioning um, your abilities, the, the talent, and, yeah. my abilities, the talents God's given me, um, threatening to go to the elders. He said, I was here long before you and I'll be here long after you. You know what I mean? Like kind of attacking me as a person. And the bottom line is this, is that when people come back and they're complaining about something, there's always something, there's layers to that onion. There's something else under all of that complaint. And they're just, a lot of times they're just coming back and sharing that with you. And so here's where I start when like, I'll, I'll let's go, I'll just talk sound levels and how I address that. And then Mr. Problems, maybe you could address if somebody comes up and wants to maybe talk song selection or maybe even what the worship team wears and things like that. So like for oh. me, when somebody comes back and they address me on sound levels, um, the first thing I always do is ask questions. Here's what I think. And I, I've heard the mix. You guys talk about this. If somebody comes back to um, share their concerns about like sound levels, if you start right off with decibel levels, you've already lost because the science doesn't matter at all to the people. So like for me, I try to keep my time of worship in that 22 minutes of worship time. I try to keep my time wide to my time weighted average right around 83, 84 decibels. Um, 85 decibels is where OSHA starts to kick in. And I forget what it is, but like you can be, somebody could sit over in over 85 decibels. Um, it's like eight or 10 hours, something along those lines. Mm. So we, our time weighted average, like OSHA wouldn't even come talk to us because we're not doing any kind of damage to people's ears. But if I lead with that, I feel like I've already lost out altogether. So I always start with a question. I will say, okay, you say it's too loud. I will say, so do you feel like the entire mix is too loud or is there something in particular you're hearing that you feel like is too loud? And I would say 99% of the time it'll go, well, no, the mix level is pretty decent, but you know, that electric guitar just got really, really loud. And okay. Can you tell me what it was about the guitar that was loud? Well, when there was this moment in a solo and it just went, huh, okay, well, maybe I've got an EQ issue on that electric guitar and maybe I'm boosting too much 4K to get some presence out. And when I boosted that solo, it began to hurt. So even though you may have been under your sound levels and that moment could have been a little painful for that person. And so it helps me to go back and evaluate and go, okay, let me take a look at that and see if I can maybe set the compressor a little differently or do something different to maybe tame that guitar a little bit. And then somebody will go, wow, I've, I've really felt hurt. Sometimes like in our room, um, our coverage isn't awesome the way our line array is set up. And so maybe we do come, well, it's just overall, it's too loud. Well, I, I've said to people, have you ever thought about going over and sitting in the first three rows to all the way over to stage left or stage right? It's probably four to six decibels quieter over there than it is in the middle of the room. Mm-hmm. Huh, I didn't know that. They'll go over there and sit, perfectly happy. Know your room. You know, know all those different things and give people options to go. 
And then usually for me, once all that starts to go downhill and they're not listening to all that, then I start jumping into, well, here, here's the reality. I'm just one man out of 15 that's de- that has decided what our levels are. So I can't just unilaterally start turning stuff down. Where we're mixing right now um, is where we have decided through prayer. We've like in our in our situation, we've brought in professionals. I've done all kinds of training. Like we have put in major effort to get to where we are. And it's the for we feel where God allows us to be able to provide the mix with clarity that gives the worship um, energy and life, but it's also not too li- like we've spent a lot of time getting to that place. And so I will start saying, well, all the elders, all the pastors, we believe this is where we're supposed to be to reach as many people as possible. And then I'll go down if they start really questioning me, then I will say like, you know, we we do you know we record some of our our, our decibel levels. You're more than welcome to come sit in the booth to make sure that I'm not going over what, uh, you know, I'm supposed to be in. And you've got to, if you're setting levels like that, you've got to be able to fall within those. You know what I mean? Like, don't tell somebody, oh, we peak at 92, but every once in a while you're hitting 94. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you've got to put yourself in a position that sets up your elders and your pastors for them to trust you enough that if something comes up, um, that you, that, that they know that you're following the rules. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so for me, bottom line is I ask a lot of questions. I love the person as much as possible. And I will say, I am so sorry that that is your experience. And I hate that for you. And then I try to give options of, hey, have you thought about sitting over here? Have you done this? Have you, you know, and then there are some people that it's never going to be enough. They they believe that their preference is what everybody else's preference is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the reality is you're never going to overcome that. Yeah, you're right. You know? so, so many times they their their expectation is change. Yeah. Because I don't like this. I'm in a room, maybe there's 400 people, maybe there's 4,000 people, but I didn't like this and I expect you to change it. Yeah. So, and because I didn't like that, there's no way anybody else did. Right. Um, And like I, we were even talking and and this gentleman goes, oh, there are 500 people that have left this church. And I was like, yeah, um, I could probably give you another 300 that have left because we actually, in the last four years, have cut our decibel levels by six decibels. Which, if I remember my math correctly, that's cutting our acoustic power in half or actually cutting it by 100%. One of my audio guys out there, correct me. Yeah, you know what I mean? You know, like, I hate that. I hate that we've come to a place where people are making decisions to come or go based on volume. I, yeah. I, I, that, that has to break the Lord's heart. It breaks my heart, you know? I mean, yeah. Um, I, I applaud you for having such a thoughtful, a thoughtful process, because I'll tell you it, if you don't have a thoughtful process, it will get away from you in a hurry yes. when somebody comes up. If you have not planned and I will, this is a little side note for me, like every Sunday morning, I, my routine is the same. I'm an, I'm an older guy, as you've heard from, from Jeremy. So I fall into this very old predictable, very predictable routine. So but Sunday mornings, I'm in the shower, I'm, I'm getting ready for church, and I'm, I'm praying, God, prepare me for every conversation that I'll have today. Prepare, Ooh, my, prepare my heart, prepare my mind, prepare my words, yeah. um, because if you don't have a plan, it will get That's away right. from you, and it'll get away from you in a hurry. That's right. And I, I would say probably one of the biggest things I've learned, do not get defensive. Yeah. Because it, for a lot of people, if you get defensive, that's admitting guilt. 
So you just fall underneath. Man, we've spent a lot of time getting here. This is our philosophy. I'm doing everything I can to protect it. And I'll, I'll say, look, I promise you, I'm going to protect what the church leadership has has set forth and then do it. And then there's going to be times where they're not, then maybe you do, you need to pass them off to an elder. Maybe you need to pass them off to a senior pastor. Um, and hopefully you're in a situation where everybody's kind of, they're on board yes. and everybody's got to have each other's backs. Yeah, you know? that's super, that's super important. You know, whether it's uh, volume or lighting or song choice, or I think you mentioned earlier what the team wears or whatever, um, I, I would encourage you to include your senior pastor, include your leadership on as much of that as possible so yes. that you're not just one person standing in front of them saying, well, you like it like that. Well, I like it like this and I'm the guy in charge. So this is, or the guy or girl in charge. And this is how I'm making the decision to do it. Uh, yeah. you, you have, you have, uh, something to fall back on. You have a, a structure and a plan for how to communicate that to fall back on. That's really, really important. Yeah. So how would you handle somebody who comes and, you know, maybe they, especially on the weekends, because here's the deal. If you've got multiple services, like this happened to me right before our second service on Sunday, like sometimes it's tough to get your head back in the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause Absolutely. I'm not going to lie, you know, like, even though I had my volunteers come up and they're like, wow, Jeremy, that thank you for the way you just handled that. You tried to love that man another pastor, like I did everything I felt like I could. And I feel, I feel good about the conversation. I'm not going to lie. When, when the worship set started, I started questioning everything. Yeah. Well, maybe okay. I should, maybe I should nudge it back a little bit, you know, yeah. if all these people you know? are leaving the church. Yeah. It's yeah. Hear, yeah. You, you will hear us talk a lot about, um, the pastoral mantle Yep. and, this is a great example of something that falls under the pastoral mantle. And you, you might say to that, I'm not a pastor, I'm a volunteer or whatever. Here's the thing. You are in front of people and you're leading them. So you, you right. need to, you need to embrace the fact that people are going to come to you. Um, and look, I've, I've said for years as a worship leader of 20 plus years, I get way more credit than I deserve. And I get way more criticism than I deserve. And uh, 100%, I, right, I yes. think production guys, you you are probably in the same boat, and so I, I I agree with everything you you just said. You know that that pastoral mantle. Don't get defensive. Um, some there are some people who just want to be heard. There there of course, yes. as we just talked about, some people who they expect you to change, um, like mid service if it's something they don't like. But there there are some yep. people that want to just feel like they've they've, you've, they've been heard. Um, That's right. you know, you need to listen, you need to listen well, you need to ask questions. Um, I don't think, uh, if it especially happens on a Sunday, I don't think you need to get caught up in a 45 minute conversation where you explain right. the entire process and philosophy of how you, uh, came to do that because, you know, many times the people in your church, they don't have any concept of the number of details that you're managing. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, so, you know, I would, I would, I would do all of those things we've talked about, listen, ask questions, but I would also keep it as short as you can. Um, yeah. I would not, uh, I would not prolong it. Um, uh, I, I also think that we're, we're in a, I, I'm going to be careful how I say this. I haven't exactly rehearsed this in my mind. So this is like unscripted Mr. Worship Leader props, but um, I, I think we're in a time where 
um, people who uh, enjoy more traditional stuff. Okay. All right. Hymns, quietness, or whatever. I got a comment this last week. Uh, it was so much more spiritual because the songs were subdued this week. Well, yeah. Look, if <laughs> my goal is for it to be spiritual every week, 100%, like it, it yeah. just happened to hit your sweet spot this week, but people don't often see it in through that lens, right? So, yeah, I think we're at a point in the in the church where people who, uh, I'm not. I don't mean to stereotype, but some sometimes the people who like the more traditional stuff tend to be older. Okay. Yes. And if you're listening to this and you're one of those people, here's here's a question for you. If if we tailor the church so that it meets every one of your expectations, and let's say yeah. you're 70 or 75. Let, yeah. Let's say we we tailor the experience so that it meets every one of your expectations. What do you think the church is going to look like in five years or 10, 10 years, 15 years, mm -hmm. right? Will it be yeah. growing and thriving or will it be shrinking and shriveling? Um, I, I think, I, I think that's kind of an important mindset. My, my pastor recently uh, was uh, in the middle of a message and uh, you know, we have a service on Saturday and three on Sunday. And sometimes uh, on Saturday, he may say things that he, he, rethinks for Sunday, yeah. but this is, this is, this is one that he, he, he fired this in all services. You know, we had made a change to something in our service intentionally, very intentionally. And the people, we got some really interesting comments afterwards and it, it was not a, a gigantic thing, but we had an extra thing on the stage and, and, uh, we got some really interesting comments. I don't like that. I don't, and he, he just said to them, you know what? This isn't for you. This is for the, this is for the people who watch online. Wow. And if you've never watched this online, you're not going to understand that. But here's the thing. The next time you feel like expressing your opinion about your, about something that you like or didn't like, why don't you try thinking about it from someone else's perspective? Wow. And so like the senior pastor can, can get away with that. You know, we can't often get away with that, but what we can do is point them to, you remember our pastors said this recently, you know, this would probably fall under those, uh, under those, those guidelines. You know, I, I posted a meme not long ago about, you know, a guy who came up to me complaining that our worship team wore jeans on Sunday while yeah. wearing jeans. Yeah. Okay. He had jeans on. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and he was complaining that we had jeans on. And That's I just kind of looked at him like, and, and here's what my pastor would say to him. And so I told him, here's what our pastor would say to you. We're trying to make Jesus as relevant to as many people as we possibly can. Yeah. Right. And by yeah. the way, the jeans I'm, I, I want to say <laughs> the jeans I'm wearing probably cost five times the amount of money of the, the, the jeans that you're wearing. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I think we, so many times we get focused on the package and we miss, yep. we miss the gift inside. That's um, right. We, we focus on the wrapping and we miss what's inside the gift. That's right. And I, I, I hope that we can, we can come to a place as leaders where we're leading our people uh, through those experiences. We're explaining why we're doing what we're doing. And if you're just a church volunteer and you're listening to this, I would encourage you, um, give, 
within reason, obviously give, give your leaders the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Um, don't assume without your input, we're going to jack everything up. <laughs> that is right? very true. Yeah. Because, and, and a lot of times when people come to you, I think, I try to think to myself, okay, what need in their life or what, what unmet need in their life? Yes, that's it. Is this representing? Okay, if this is this is, is if this is an older like your your sound guy who can't he's there long before you he'll be there long after you. Okay, so it I'm just I don't know this guy obviously. Yeah. But it would be maybe reasonable to assume that he feels like the church he knew and loved when he came and joined and started attending uh maybe somebody took that away from him. Maybe that's what he feels like because it doesn't resemble uh the church that he joined. You know, yeah. all of those years ago, <clears throat> excuse me, he, he doesn't recognize it because there are things are different. Well, this is a really oversimplified example, but you know, when cars were first invented, invented, you had to stand outside and crank the engine with a handle to make yeah. it, to make it go. Right. Yeah. We're not still doing that. No, we're not. You can now stand inside your home. With a remote control and start your car. Fantastic for you, right? People. So progress doesn't equal bad. Exactly. And I think that's an important thing uh, to help people understand. I hope. Right. I hope this is this has been helpful. And here's like we talked about last week: recruiting volunteers. This is another part of serving the church that you're not ever going to get away from. That's right. So develop a plan, develop some, uh, thick skin, you know, like my father-in-law always tells me, be a duck. You got to be a duck and let it roll off your back. And sometimes that's easier said than done, right? Social media, uh, doesn't help. You know, I got a, I got, I I got a guy, uh, uh, who comes after me on Twitter all the time, all the time (laughs) who attends our church. And honestly, I just want to say to him, why do you come to church here? Like, like, why don't, there are lots of churches. There are lots of churches where uh, you could go and clearly it's going to hit the sweet spot for you more than ours is. But for whatever reason, he keeps coming and I've never asked yeah. him to, why do you go to church here? But yeah. um, develop some thicker skin, develop a plan um, because it's, it'll, it's going to happen. If it hasn't That's happened right. yet, it'll happen for sure. Whew. That was a good soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> people all right y'all hope you're ready for part two with our interview with paul balash man i will never forget the very first time i saw you in person um it was at a conference in austin texas and i was at a point where i was like okay i'm at one of those forks in the road i'm either gonna kind of be all in with ministry or I'm going to be done because it is hard and my heart is just kind of broken and my mind is fried. And, and, uh, I remember it was one of those big conferences and guys roll out and do 15 minutes. And then the next guy rolls out and do 15 minutes. And, and I remember you opening with this prayer and it just struck me that it was such a different tone. It was it was so relatable to me and to where I was. And you sang um, 
what is probably, gosh, one of my all-time favorite songs, Hosanna. And I, you got to that line, because when we see you, we find strength to face the day. And I cannot, my heart exploded uh, when I heard that, mm-hmm. because I'm like, that is what I need. That is the yeah. reminder that I wow. need. That's great. Wow. Wow. Praise God. Incredible. That's amazing. Praise God. That's, that's, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have known that again. I think all of us, I'm sure most of us are just doing our best to try to be the most authentic version of ourselves. Yes. And, um, to just be aware of personas that we attach out of our insecurities. You know, we all kind of, and man, so many times in moments like that at a conference where you just want to be, man, I wish I could sing like, you know, fill in the blank, let's say. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Like Phil Wickham. Let's just yeah, since we're saying Phil. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. Or I wish I could play guitar like so-and-so, or I wish I could, you know, there's just we that, that insecurity and in that we wish we were more than, and just that prayer so often of just surrender, that right before I'd open my mouth, just a prayer of surrender to God and say, mm. Lord, at the risk of being boring, just give me the courage to be who I am and not try to be somebody I'm not and not apologize for who I am, but just I trust, I just want to trust the vessel that you made and may your spirit just speak and sing through me and that's it, you know. That's all I want Mm. to do is serve well. I just want to serve this moment well. Mm. Mm. That comes across so uh, authentically, man, uh, for for sure. So, okay, so you've you've now been leading worship for a while, man, and, and you have got to have one of the questions that we ask everybody is what is the craziest thing that has ever happened while you were leading worship or you're in a service? And so, like mine, I uh, my uh, I was in a Christmas Eve service and, you know, it was candle lighting, silent night. It was that great moment. The church is packed and the little cardboard thing that that goes around the candle caught on fire. And so I had to throw my candle down and stomp it out uh, like a Christmas Eve service. So that was the thing I shared. So like for you. And then didn't a lady go into labor because she was laughing so hard? One of our closest friends laughed so hard. She was in the front row. She went into labor. <laughs> so like for you, what is the what's the what's that moment like for you? Oh man. I mean, beside the time where a guy who got off his meds and during an altar call came forward and took his shirt off and took and the guy said, Let's give it all, lay it all down on the altar. And then he pulled his pants down and then pulled his underwear oh, no. down. Oh, oh no. And mothers and children were like, oh, audible gasp. And elders came from all over and like did a little circle around the guy and like, and we're like, so for years we were known as, oh, aren't you from the church where that guy took his clothes off? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Dude, that man. is, uh, that is taking Job one to the extreme. Yeah, I mean, he laid it all. Naked guy. I came from my mother's room, and naked I will depart. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. Yeah, we did not. We did not see that coming. <laughs> that's that's not going on the website. So uh, we, you probably uh, wish you hadn't seen it, right? And then, and you know. Sadly, a year later, I was doing a concert up in Michigan, and he showed up at the CD table and shook my hand and said, man, I'm so sorry about what happened there. Because he was a 
he was there for one of the schools, like a YWAM school or a nuclear oh, mission. Wow. Oh, wow. my goodness. And he just felt like the Lord was saying, get off your meds, you know? And anyway, that was wow. crazy. Probably worship leader moment. Another, like my most embarrassing in New York was Brooklyn Tabernacle asking me to sing on one of their recordings. And you're like, what? Are you sure you got the right number? I mean, hello. You guys are <laughs> like have a gazillion amazing singers. And... Anyway, yeah, yeah, we just want you to sing this song called Helpless. Okay, all right, good. I learned the song. And the first five songs of this recording, the choir's standing, blowing people away. It's like a hurricane force winds in the spirit. Wow. You're there. It's amazing. And then, all right, we want to invite our brother, Paul Balazs. Come on up here, brother. And I'm thinking, all right, you know, that's great. I got this whole choir behind me. It's going to be all right. I can make it through. And no guitar because it had all these jazz chords and everything. They just kind of wanted me to sing, right? So, which is, any guitarists out there know how naked you feel without a guitar, right? So Linus lost like, his blanket. I'm not sure what <laughs> exactly. to do with my hands. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, that is it. So, I, I didn't realize there was like a 30-second intro that felt like five minutes, you know, like this prelude, <laughs> and I'm rocking up there, and the choir, so I turn around, and they sit down. <laughs> Because this is not going to be a choir song. This is not a choir song. So everything in me is just like, ah, I just want to, I remember like praying, God, if there's ever a trap door, if there's a trap door right under me, if you could just for one time in my life, I just want to disappear. And ironically, the song was called Helpless. Helpless. Irony of ironies. And I just... Yeah, it was really one of the few times in life I just wanted to disappear or die. Like, just yeah, absolutely. lightning would be preferred over what <laughs> I'm experiencing right now. So That's, That's incredible. Hilarious. But you know what? The, the lesson there for anybody listening is, guess what? The next day, the sun came up. I survived. Life goes on. Amen. And I had a chance to re-sing it in post. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So. Yes. All right, dude. Um, so I, one of the questions we ask, like, do, do you have any guilty pleasures? And now this isn't your moment to like say, oh, yeah, yeah you know, I watch Game of Thrones or something like not like that kind of guilty pleasures. Just like, is there any kind of like obscure fun fact that nobody know about Paul Balash? Like I have shared personally, um, I have watched the show When Calls the Heart on oh, Hallmark man. without my wife in the room. Like, oh, I like, I will literally say I like the show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. holding a cat. Yeah. Holding a cat, absolutely. <laughs> Holding a cat. Well, none of those for me. Uh, <laughs> guilty pleasure. I guess, I don't know. There's nothing that comes to mind. I mean, wh- lately in the last year, because I'm hitting that middle age thing where I'm trying to watch my gut, you know, because I hate seeing all these, um, my vanity, I see pictures of me on stage with the guitar and it looks like I'm playing a mariachi. It's like way out here. <laughs> I feel like the guitar is way out here. <laughs> and so I'm a little self-conscious. So like in the last year, like a lot of people are like, all right, no cars. And I live in New York city, like the oh, ultimate pizza in the world. Yes. And yeah. so, you know, once in a while, that is a literally a guilty pleasure. When I walk mm. by Joe's pizza on Carmine and seventh and, mm. oh. and I'll be like, ah, you know, one slice. I mean, uh, I just won't eat the, the outer crust. I'll just eat the, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Just, just the mean, inner crust. And what other, I'm sure I have others. What, and uh, like in terms of TV shows, I, I don't know. I mean, I love watching 
sports, uh, you know, my, my wife's still surprised at how, like, on a Sunday night, like, I'll stay up till midnight watching all the football game highlights mm-hmm. several mm-hmm. times in a row. I don't know. I just enjoy that. I guess growing up as a kid playing in football leagues and all that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but that's not embarrassing. It's not guilty. Oh, it's okay. That's all right, man. Yeah. 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 Okay. So if, you know, with all of your, you're, you're all over the place, all over the world, literally. So when you're, when you're packing, like, is there one thing that you can't live without? Uh, I really try to bring my pillow all the time. (laughs) Nice. It's a big down pillow. And, uh, I'm a terrible sleeper. If anybody wants to pray for me, like my whole life, I've been plagued with being a bad sleeper. Yeah. Even as a kid, I was a bedwetter until I was like 12. And, yes, uh, me too. Right, all right, brother. Dude, back in the 80s, because support you know, group. Yeah, <laughs> I was an 80s kid. They they had to get this little thing. You would clip a sensor inside of your underwear. Yep. And if you started to pee, it would just go off so loud. And that's it. We needed that lying. to break it. Same here, bro. Not lying. Wow. Dude. It was like um electronic like uh forceps that would you know attach themselves. And if they got wet, it would just, this alarm would go off. So yes. Wow. Oh yeah. Anyway, I know that's sorry. Um, good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, and just, I was a rocker too. Like kids that like just would just rock, rock themselves asleep. I'd put an album on, like my brother had a vast album collection. I put on like a bad company album and just like, you know, go to sleep. And I would just sort of rock and my brother would, Hey, Paul, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> So anyway, but in my 20s and 30s and 40s, just traveling worldwide, you know, I'm going to France in two weeks and I already get kind of anxious about it. I, I still, yeah. after all these years, I get anxious about, oh man, you know, I'm not, because I don't fly first class. You can, that's like a gazillion dollars. I can't make myself do that. But, you know, like, we're all not rolling like Chris Tomlin. <laughs> right, right. So anyway, all that to say, I do get anxious about that. And what, what was the original question of, um, Sorry. What's what, like the one thing you can't live without? Yeah. yeah. So my pillow is there's just like I have a noise machine on my computer, like a, it's a white oh, yeah. noise. Oh yeah. And my pillow. I, I got that too. And I've got yeah, all that. these little, you know, sleep things that are like trying to give myself a chance to sleep. So yeah, that would be it. That would be it. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Well, okay. So here's the last question, and it's a little more on the serious side. Okay. So let's say we could find a room big enough, Paul where we could put every worship leader, every vocalist, every production guy, audio, pro presenter, anybody that serves into that worship arts, like, umbrella. If we could get them all in one room and we gave you a microphone and you could share any word of encouragement with them, what would you share? (laughs) Woo! Man. That's profound. It's profound, and it kind of moves me. Um, Mm. Oh, I would just say, I'm, um, what would I say? I mean, your relationship with Jesus, keeping it real, keeping it fresh, mm-hmm. doing all the basics, um, the, the basics of attending a healthy church or having at least a couple of friends that are pursuing God, make sure you're in there. The, our tem- the, the default is for us to withdraw from the body of Christ, withdraw from the word of God. So getting in the word daily, you know, making sure you're in some kind of a prayer 
meeting if possible once or twice a week. So some kind of a small group, couple people that a couple or a lot of people where they're pursuing God sincerely, authentically. Like you just got to be around. You got to be around others. We can't do this by ourselves. We need that's right. To stay connected to the body mm, of Christ. Mm, and mm. I thank God when I look back over the years serving in that church, if I had not been required or expected to show up every Sunday, what, mm. what would my spiritual life look like? How many wow. times would I have gone in going through a difficult time or a desert time? How many times would I have withdrawn to the back with my arms folded and looking around and then, then start judging people. And then, you know, a few weeks and months go on, you decide, yeah, I'm good. I don't really need to go to church. I just do it in my, I just do it online or I do it. I don't, I don't really need organized religion. And you just pull back and withdraw and withdraw and it sounds good. And yet it's a disaster. And so I'm so grateful that, and I, maybe I pray that for you guys, be grateful that there's a demand on you and yeah. you have no idea as difficult as it can be. And as overwhelming as it can be at times, the practical side of it, you know, ponder and consider how it perhaps has saved you and kept you because you're required to show up. These people in your community expect you to be there on a Sunday morning, even when yeah. you don't feel like it, even when you feel like you're at your very bottom and you open your mouth to say the first word or even if all you can utter is good morning let's stand together and even that you feel like a phony hmm. but as you begin to sing the first line of that first song you just begin to oh i can't tell you how many times just i have had to bag off the mic and little tears would run down my eyes and um man maybe the siren i mean not to not trying to be corny like that's like a good reminder that siren is like that's the urgency I don't know. Just, just speaks of urgency to me when I hear that siren. Like someone is in someone is in pain. They're in a condition that requires hospitalization. It requires the help of others to come and rescue them right this minute. And we need that. We need to be in a community where people can rescue us when we're about to make stupid decisions, or we have made stupid decisions, and we can go to one or two brothers and say, "Man, I've just really blown it, and I need I need flesh and blood reminder that I'm restored." to the body of Christ. And I need, mm. I need all those songs that I sing over others every Sunday morning. I need someone to remind me and sing those over me right now. Remind me that the blood of Jesus and my sins are washed away and God has raised me from the dead and I am a new creation in him and all things are passed away. And, you know, I need someone to remind me of those things that I try to remind others. Ooh. Absolutely, yeah. man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Dude, I just, I got to say in this, um, this may make you a little uncomfortable, Paul. Um, but what you just said, and, and just, I wish people could see your face right now mm. and mm. how literally the spirit of God is moving you right mm. now. Like, mm. I think this is why you just have no clue your impact on people, my friend. Um, I know of Phil, the, the impact you've had in his life. <laughs> And then Phil's entire worship team that is now, he's making an impact because of you. You were a huge impact to my worship pastor that I served with for five and a half years before I became the production pastor. And that influence on him and then me. And then like to the point that leadership that we learned from watching your videos and listening to your music, seeing how you act like this. And then 
like this weekend, I just preached in all of our three services and there were people that got sick. Like, dude, what God has done through you with all of these people and this heart that you have, like, man, you're just talking identity. Let's realize who we are and let's just operate there. And it's so real for you. And I just, man, I just, I am incredibly thankful for what God has done through a guy that was just a rocker <laughs> in his teens with his PA, just thinking he was bad to the bone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, dude, what, what God has done through you, it's, it's um, watching this right now for me, as a, even as a younger guy, like, I'm just, I'm kind of just, I'm blown away and I'm just thankful for you and your impact, dude. Seriously. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would, I would even say, um, and I don't want to, make you uncomfortable but without that day in uh austin texas that i told you about i'm i'm probably not sitting here today i'm probably not in ministry anymore and uh god really used that in a very profound way to just kind of uh reignite my heart and uh maybe you know call me back to himself and and um yeah um, that's why i'm still i'm still doing it today because of because of that experience so thank you for being faithful wow yeah, uh, and well, I have nothing to say to that other than thankfully, and everyone listening, there are people in our lives and kind of a good bit of homework to do after this podcast, if you've made it this far, is to take a moment and prayerfully write down some the names of some people who may not even be worship leaders. Maybe it was an older woman in the church that was just a prayer warrior or uh, maybe a widow, or maybe her and her husband, and there, or maybe it was a teenager or a peer of yours that just inspired you. And just times when you were like, man, I don't know if this is all, if this is real or not. And there was something about their consistency, their faithfulness, their example that just made you go, no, nope, I'm going to show up again. I'm going to show up. And then you kind of make it through that season. And all of a sudden you're in another mountaintop season with God. And you're like, hmm. wow, thank God I didn't do something irrational and uh, <laughs> impulsive and just like uh, check out, you know? And yeah, yeah. So uh, that would be good for us to, it cultivates a humility in our hearts that, uh, and a gratitude, a profound gratitude of how God has used people in our lives. Um, yeah. And so anyway, so cool. but thanks for the feedback. I, I do receive that in my spirit both of you brothers that that's yeah of course encouraging because a lot of times making some of those videos back in the day and not and thinking why am i even doing this is this real, is anybody going to see this yeah. um this is costing me a lot of money and time like <laughs> is this gonna um you know and just to just to know that wow you some folks they watched it and they were encouraged by it and it helped them it's like and that's really this kind of uh is it can you say Chinese fire drill? It's like in the Absolutely. Month, it's like, we, you know, the Chinese fire drill, where we get somebody passes us a bucket of water and we turn and we pass it on to the next guy and we just keep that whole action of, you know, somebody passes us a bucket of water, we turn and pass it on. And the Apostle Paul said that, right? That which you've learned yeah. to me, Timothy, turn and entrust it to other faithful yeah. brothers and sisters. So anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, can we lean, if you still still got time, I want to lean on some of your experience for a second. Yeah. I have a lot of friends right now who are listening to this podcast. Um, and this isn't obviously live, but when we put it up, they're in like that mid forties, staring down their fifties, their worship leaders. 
and I keep having conversations about like, I mean, how many guys are getting asked to leave so they can bring a younger worship leader in? But here's one of the things I have just always blows me away about what you've done. Um, your new albums come out and like, I'm always like, I, I want to do those songs right now in the church. You know what I'm saying? Like you've been able to stay so relevant as God has progressed you through your, your ministry. What are, what are some suggestions? What are some things, some practical tips you might give to these guys who, unfortunately the way church culture is right now, they look at it as in there in their golden years and they're only in their mid forties. You know what I mean? Like how would you help or, or give somebody advice on how to continue being relevant as they, I don't want to say age, but progress, you know, through their ministry careers. Absolutely. It's, it's real. It's a real thing for sure. What you're describing. And uh, number one would just be aware of our, just be aware of your insecurity so that you're not unaware of things that you may do or may not do out of your insecurity. Like just, just bring it to God with a humble heart and acknowledge that I am aging, which is normal. And it is my responsibility to pour into the next generation and raise them up. And yet I would still love to get to do this. And I still feel like I have plenty left in me to serve the church and serve others. So um, to use an old sports analogy, there was a thing called a player coach uh, yeah. back in the day. You don't see it as often now, but you know, in hockey was Gordy Howe and in football, yes. there was a couple of those guys who, you know, they, they still played, but they were also the coach. And I think beginning to transition into that, um, is just begin, begin to pray that in that, that mindset where you are not insecure about raising up the t- the 20 somethings who are gifted and anointed and, and they need opportunity. The only way they're going to get better like you did is to give them opportunity. So start bringing them in, be intentional now, be proactive. And maybe you with your experience, good morning church, you do that first song, let's stand together and you lead that first song. But then you just tell that inexperienced 23 year old, yeah. I'm like, okay, so as soon as we end that, I want you to just step up to the mic and you begin sing. you start off the second song and I'll back up. And so then I'm supporting them and you're setting them up for success. And, yeah. then, and then like, why don't you do the, th- the third song too, actually? Well, flow, let's practice that flow and rehearsal. And why don't you learn to just read that, that little scripture between song number two and three. Go ahead, let's practice that. So you're, you're training wheels, you're encouraging, you're coaching them. Okay, great. And then I'll take it for after the third song, I'll take the fourth song and I'll bring it to a close and do the handoff for the announcement or the offering, whatever, you know? Yeah. So that, that's kind of a picture snapshot of, of, for example. So do that. Yeah. And, um, and also here's just something practical, like, uh, how's your mental physical health doing? Like maybe it's time to like, Go to the gym a little bit. Make sure, you know, physically in your 40s mm-hmm. is when you start to feel things physically like, oh, man, I feel tired. I'm sluggish. I'm this. I'm that. Yeah. You know, like get inspired to like not, not to be relevant. Not You're not going to be 25 again, but be the healthiest version of yourself that you can be. Wow. Yeah. That's huge. And maybe if there's a good counselor in your area, um, a Christian counselor that your church can recommend and you've heard good things, maybe maybe uh, give it six you know, like bring this to them and say, I want to, I want to transition. Well, you know, I don't want to be an embarrassment. I'm not trying to like hang on, um, but you get it. You get what I'm saying. So yep, emotionally, yep. mentally, spiritually, 
talk it over with your, keep an open discussion with your leadership. So they're, they're aware that, look, I am aware that at some point, you be active and serve as much as possible. Let them in on this conversation, you know? Yeah. I, I, I personally, I'm, I'm a huge fan of counseling. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've had to do some counseling. Um, I haven't shared much of my story, but my wife and I lost our first two sons. Um, and then we had a lot of miscarriages, oh. um, you know, things. Like, and so we've been trying to be parents for 13 and a half years and we ended up going away for a 10 day counseling intensive. Mm-hmm. Counseling is not admitting weakness. Counseling is just saying, I just, I need some help with just filtering through and understanding the feelings that I have inside of me. And, and God used the counseling my wife and I did to, I mean, just absolutely change us for his glory, for his yeah. good. Our ministry impact now after admitting we needed help um, is unbelievable. Yeah. Like God can use that to really make a difference. Yeah. I, yeah I mean, at this point in time in life, I mean, if you're not, if you've never received any counseling, there's probably a lot of blind spots or at least a few blind spots in your life. Things yeah. that you, you think you know what's going on in your physiology and psychology, and yet you're probably missing a few things. And you could really benefit from having a third party, you know, just sharing your heart in a safe place, um, insecurities, uh, besetting sins, uh, habits, yeah. addictions, or fears that, that are coming down the pike. You know, being able to share that in a safe place with a trained with somebody who's can at least be a third party and mirror some of that back to you, and yep. it's just super healthy. I mean, it's it's and it's really the Bible. It's you know, confess to one another and be healed. You know, and so because we didn't grow up Catholic, or if you did grow up Catholic, you know, you went into this box and you confessed your sins. But the evangelical church is not really an outlet for that. Yeah, and we're afraid absolutely. to share things with our leadership because like, oh man, if my, you know, if my elder or my pastor really knew like what I was looking at two weeks ago or last week, oh man, I'd be fired or whatever. Man, you need a safe place to bring anything that you're keeping in secret. You need to have a safe place where you can bring that to the light. Otherwise you will absolutely. not be healed. You will be in a prison. You will be in a prison. So absolutely. yeah, and confession, wow. confession is... I, there's actually, and you guys can go out, the, the listeners can go and research me on this one, but like in confession, there's like these like ridges and bumps and things inside your brain. And when you actually confess sin with your mouth, those bumps and ridges that make you think your identity is that will physically go away just by confessing. It's the craziest thing in the world. And so that's, I think, why scripture calls us to confess those sins out loud with using our mouths because it literally retrains the way that we think. Yeah. And here's the deal. Some could be sitting there and go, but if I were to reveal this, I might lose my job. You might. Yeah, you absolutely might. But the freedom you will find on the other side of the brokenness, yeah. if you give it to God is worth every moment of hardship that you absolutely. will go through by confessing whatever, whatever it, it doesn't have to be just what you're looking at. It could be, Lying, right. there's all kinds of all things, kinds obviously, of it could right. be, yeah. right. but it, it will literally change the entire trajectory of your life yeah. to just be open with God about that. Yeah. And yet, very, just understand that all three of us understand to that person listening that the great fear of, well, this is my livelihood. I got to pay my bills. I've got two kids or three kids, da, da, da. And we get it. We get it. There's a practical side 
to ministry yes. too. And this is how, you know, God is using your ministry to provide for your family. We get it. And yet all the more reason to don't just try to just pressure cooker and just stuff this stuff in the basement of your soul, mm. but like open the doors and the windows, go to a safe place yep. that won't result in you losing your job. If you go soon enough, go mm. to a safe right. place, a counselor that's highly recommended in your community and be able to unburden your soul. Like do it yeah. now, do it this week, make an appointment yep. and don't wait for six months from now or nine months from now. till this thing just, it's like trying to keep a basketball under a, and you're in a swimming pool. You're trying to keep this thing under the water, trying to keep it under the water. Eventually that ball is going to pop up out of the water. And well, it does, and if you never notice too, it doesn't pop up. It explodes. out. Yeah, of the water. right. Exactly. Yeah. And the longer you try to hold it down, the weaker you're going to get. And it's just that when it does emerge, yeah, it's going to be, Boom. yeah, yeah, it's going to be terrible. Yeah. Mm. Well, Paul, thank you so much. Dude. Wow. Thank Seriously. you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to do this. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm, and hey, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. It's like, we just had, this is what, what we're doing here is what everybody listening should do once a week is meet with a couple brothers, a couple sisters, share your hearts back and forth, time of prayer, encouragement, yeah. you know, reminding each other who we are in Christ, you know, moving on. Oh, sorry. It's been such a tough week here. Let, let's, before you go, let me pray for you. And that kind of, what we're doing here is, a, is really a, classic example of what we need to do to survive and finish well in, if, as believers and as people that are called to ministry as well. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we yeah. need to come to New York city and grab a slice and uh, do some more of this, man. Come on. Anytime. <laughs> it is my favorite city on the planet. Absolutely, so. <laughs> man. Holy moly. Well, Again, Paul, thank you so much for taking time to come on the show, and uh, we just appreciate you so much. And just so you, so you guys know, again, this is probably going to turn into a two-part episode, and so uh, this will be episodes three, oh, so two, three, four. This will be episodes six and seven yeah. of the Worship Leader Prophet. Double dipping on Balash, man. That's good. <laughs> so again, <laughs> thanks, Paul, so much. All right, brothers. Much Paul, love to you. Thanks, See brother. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, so I know we had a blast getting to chat with Paul and uh, so much good stuff. Incredible. He is such a, he's so real and authentic. Appreciate him taking the time to to do that and not just mail this in, but man, he really walked us through uh, yeah. the story of his life and ministry and his life with his family and songwriting and worship leading and all the resources that uh, he has given to the church. Man, what a gift. What a gift. He, he is a gift and uh, we're just thankful for you, Paul, and the impact that you've had. And I think that's my favorite thing is just kind of how unassuming he is. I don't know mm. that he fully realizes the, 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 the king, the kingdom impact he's had. And that's right. probably why his impact is so large. It's so. incredible, man. And dude, admittedly, I'm a super fan. Oh yeah. I am a super fan because I love the heart behind what he does. You know, when he talked about, um, recording those VHS tapes about yeah. uh, how to do this or that and instructional yeah. videos and go into the post office. How do I send a VHS tape to Singapore? <laughs> I mean, like the innocence of that, I, I just fantastic. love, and it, and it has the the heart of the church at in mind. And I absolutely, I, I am a, I'm a Paul Balash guy. So fun story, Mr. Probs and I were walking through the experience conference and Paul was, was leading at it that year. And Paul knew Mr. Probs 
um, from some things that they had talked about in the past. And so we never met through, in person, but never we, met in person. Was, and we're we were social media friends. Yeah. And we're walking through a lobby and all of a sudden he, uh, Paul goes, Mm-mm, says Mr. Probs real name. And I thought Mr. Probs was going to wet himself. It was fantastic. Dude. It, it was, uh, one of those fangirl moments where I was like, what is happening? I'm standing yeah. here, you know, with this guy that you hold in, in such regard, um, just because of, you know, his, how he's poured himself into songs and the church and, Yep. Um, man, it was just a, quite a moment. It was awesome. Well, hey, guys, thank you so much for joining us for episode seven. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking with Aaron Schust. We're going to have a two-part series with him. And so, I hey, thank next, you again. Isn't, isn't I'm so sorry. Isn't next week Meredith? Oh, I'm sorry. Next week is Meredith Andrews. Meredith and Andrews. We'll, yeah, we've got two parts with her. I, we've, got, we've got so many good interviews just sitting on my hard drive. Absolutely. I'm getting confused. And as and Meredith, so Meredith Andrews was the first guest we've ever had who knew what when calls the heart is. I, well, but she, yeah, it's also a lady. And well, she said, that's because I'm the first chick <laughs> the you've first had chick. on this, po- this podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, well, hey guys, uh, continue to look us up on Instagram. You can follow us at worship leader probs. Uh, you can email us at info at worship Check us out on Facebook. You can also find us on Twitter. And hey, we are so thankful for you, the listeners. And guys, until next time, see ya. Deuces.